Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again. We got an episode today because I'm excited to talk about all things building legacy, but we're also going to make sure that we give you some tactical. And the way that I know that we will is because we have a millionaire here that's done it through building relationships, through sales, and done it through some of the biggest trenches that I've seen and I've read upon. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Alistair Edwards to the show. Alistair, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Hey, Dream Nation. Uh, Honored, truly honored to be on the platform. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. It's an honor to have you on the platform. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to tap into it. But the way that I love to tap into people's stories is I compare us as entrepreneurs, uh, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. Why is because we're constantly flying around the world, even if that means now we're doing it virtually, but we're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems as best as we can. Well, when people see you through your website, through social media, through LinkedIn, through the platforms, your books, whatever it might be, they see you as a superhero, right? For the average person, they see you as a superhero. They see you with that S on your chest. But a lot of the ways, a lot of the times, we don't know how to describe the man behind the scenes, specifically that Clark Kent. So my question to you is, we see on the front end that S on your chest, but take us behind the scenes, even take us back and tell us when it comes to Alistair, who is that Clark Kent? Well, you know, I think it comes from my upbringing. I was uh, born in England and, and to Jamaican parents and then grew up in Jamaica. So I spent about uh, from three to 14 in Jamaica. And I think that early foundation of of strong family and strong work ethic made a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my parents came from poor backgrounds. Uh, my mom was an entrepreneur early. She had her own store. Uh, craft shop. So we did a lot of tourist tourism and uh, craft sales. My dad was a um, a manager for Blue Mountain Coffee, one of the top international coffees around the world. And uh, so humble beginnings, uh, but strong work ethic, you know. So so since I was five years old, I was working behind the counter <laughs> at my mom's store, you know, selling and taking care of customers. And so it's just the foundation of that. And as I've gone through life, I just realized that, you know, the best way to help others or to help people is by helping them. You know what I mean? You 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 right. you, you can make something helping people, and it's it, life is about relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So early on, would you say that that gave you this sense? Like, did you ever have? a fear of rejection when you were growing up? Because now, obviously, you've been able to achieve much of, you know, your success off of relationships, but specifically in sales, where a lot of people struggle at. Why is it because you have the fear of rejection? Why is it because you don't really know what you're going to say? So for you, would you say that that built your foundation as being in sales early, working for your parents? 
Or was it just like, nah, like I just built this on my way because I understood the power was in serving people. So it didn't affect me to adapt. I think it all came in stairs. <laughs> you know, there were stair levels. I always, that's why I call my company stair steps, right? Everything is, 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 is in stairs. Um, and as you climb higher, you gain more knowledge. So when I was at the stores, 15, you know, five, six, seven, eight, through the age of 14, I learned how to interact with customers. I knew how to properly hand them their change. Simple things like, yes, thank you, please, you know, the right words to say. And then when I moved to America, uh, my first job was that of a, a, a bagger at public supermarkets. Uh, so South, it's a, it's, it's, um, for those that are in the Southeast, they'll be very familiar with it. It's probably the largest privately owned South, you know, grocery store in the Southeast. Um, uh, but what they simply strive on is customer service. So, you know, I was taught as soon as the customer gets to the register, you greet them, you unload their groceries, you ask them two questions, pay for a plastic. All right. Did you find everything you need? If they say, yes, I found everything you need, you say, great. You know, how would you like me to bag your bags? Is there a certain way? Right. You ask those questions that satisfy the customer. If they say, yeah, I, I was looking for whatever that item is, it's my responsibility now to go find it if it's located in the store. Right. So it's that customer service level that I learned early. Um, shoot. When I went off to college, then I, I took an internship selling books door to door and I ended up doing that two summers in a row. And um, and that's probably where I would say I really cut my teeth on sales. God, did you have take, success with it? Oh, my very first year, I did pretty well. So good that they wanted me to bring a sales team back in the second year, which I did. So um, of all college students and, and the crazy part is their philosophy was they would take college students and for three days, you'd get sales training on the product, which was at the time encyclopedias, right? Your, your generation probably doesn't even know what an encyclopedia is, right? Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia right, and books. Um, and uh, a black history set and children's books, and they would teach you how to sell it. And then on the third day is when they would tell you where you were going. So I had no idea where I was going to be selling. And my first summer was in Suffolk, Virginia. And that's when you just, you know, you, you go knocking on doors. Hey, my name is Alistair Edwards. I'm a college student from Florida A&M. I'll be working in your neighborhood this summer selling encyclopedias and educational books to help children uh, have a foot and an advantage on education moving forward. And I was just hoping that you'd have time for me to share some information with you. Right. Mm. And so that was and you're doing that from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. <laughs> For three months out of the summer. Yeah. And it, so. Was it just like that you felt like this was all you knew? Because I feel like at that point, when you get to college, you could always like, it feels like you already had your aura of like, yo, I've been doing this since the age of five to 14. So I know I could be successful in anything. Right. And a lot of the people, they look at the door to door as like a grind. So like, was it for you? Was it just all that you knew? Or did you really like, where was the vision of, was it only... I'm going to do this one to three years and then I'm going to move on to something else. Or what was that like? In well, your that, mind? Was, that was actually just for the summer. The first the first summer that I did it. So my sophomore year of college, the only reason I did it is because one of my good friends, Dwayne Rayner, was the one that invited me to do it. And he you know, he was at Florida State, which was across the street from Florida A&M. And so I just went as a part of his team to sell. And just enjoy doing it, you know, meeting with families, getting to meet new people every day, new families. It just made sense to me. 
Um, I enjoyed it. And of course, I was, you know, I was doing good in sales. So um, that's when I decided I'd come back the next summer and do it. Now, I still had my job with with Publix. You know, I still worked my way through college when I was um, not doing that intern. Got it. Got it. No, that's what's up. And it's so funny because I remember when I first got into college, and I'm sure other people, they're watching, listening at this, and they, they can all think of those stories too. But my first job that I had for door to door was selling Kirby vacuums. But I can't say that I had wow. the same success. They didn't bring me back year two. I actually, they didn't bring, I didn't bring myself back in week two because it just, it just felt like it wasn't my thing. But I, I did understand the value and the relationships and, and serving other people. So that's why I asked. I'm sure somebody right there is watching or listening. Um, it's it's a tough arena. I mean, door to door, door sales is a tough arena. Think about it. You're, you're out there by yourself. So there's no one to hold you accountable as to how many doors you knock on. You can always say you knocked on doors, right? right. You know, so I, I, I remember bringing the team out and realized that there were some people that spent the whole day at McDonald's and claimed they knocked on doors and said no one's buying. And then there were some that were actually doing what was required to actually have success. And of course, at the end of the summer, you knew who was doing what based on results. Right. I think I started off with a team of probably 20, 25 people, but I think we ended up with about seven. Right. Mm. So the fall off is heavy Heavy. because you're there. You're by yourself all day. Right. The only person you're with is the customer. Right. When you finally find a customer or the potential customer or or the dog that's chasing you off the doorstep. (laughs) So it was a. You learn a lot about yourself when you're out selling door to door. Absolutely. And the other thing that I think, so you, you hit, you had two points right there that I definitely want to elaborate on. The first one was, I think that that's the same way in life, right? Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Or at least they say they want to be an entrepreneur. But I would even say that I've learned over these last five years, being an entrepreneur and being a business owner are two totally different things, right? Because it. Right. And and most people, when they they, they want to own their own business, the thought of being like, man, I could control my own paycheck, all those things. They're looking at the results. But that day to day of the marketing I got to do myself, the accountability I got to hold myself to. That's when people fall off. And just like you said, you separate the even kind of good from the great because of the results that you see. And the people were kind of good, but they didn't get the results. So then they fell off. But the people who were like, no, I'm striving for something. I have an actual goal in mind. Those are the seven people that stuck with you at the end. So I think that that could be applied to anything in life, right? It's like, okay, the results at the end of your summer, at the end of your season, at the end of holidays, whatever it is, you're going to see it. But the other thing that I think is for you, would you say, or I guess this is more of a question, would you say that this is the first time you understood the power of leverage and systems because you had to go out, hire teams, but then at the same time, you had to be able to retain those teams? Like, is that where your, that business part of it came for you or was that later on in your life? Well, I think where, what that showed me was there's leverage in, in, in collaboration, right? Because now that I was a team leader, um, I was still allowed to make a small profit off of what the team did. So incentivizing the team to stay in the field was also, you know, an incentive for me. You have a successful team, you know, you have you have uh, bigger bonuses. And so um, that's when I knew working with a team was good. Um, when I graduated from college, um, my GPA wasn't the best, 
but it was the fact that I had um, done two sales summers, two summers selling books door to door, and that I had been with Publix, that grocery store chain, I was still with them. So it was the fact that I had consistency on the job on sales experience that got me actually four or five good sales offers. So I was offered pharmaceutical sales. I was offered a, a job with uh, Dudley doing um, hair product sales. I was offered a job with BP doing petroleum sales. But I turned all of those down <laughs> to stick with the grocery business because they were actually moving into Atlanta. So I, I was enticed by Atlanta, right? Atlanta and the fact that it was a, it, they were going into a new area. So I knew there was growth coming with the company. And I had already been familiar with them. I'd already worked with them since I was 15. So I had a good reputation already established with the company. They asked me to go with them. You yeah. know what I mean? And so yeah. six months later, I was in management and, you know, that ended up doing yeah. 27 years. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about this, though, the technique, because you said at a young age like that of not understanding truly, were, were you just, how did you retain the people? How did you incentivize them to stay in the field? Was it something that you learned from your buddy of what he did for you? Or like, give me some techniques on what you did to incentivize people to keep working. How were you motivating them at such a young age? So everything is about your why. So even if you have a team of seven, each individual has to be motivated, will be motivated differently. Right. There, um, some people call it the colors, some people call it the fish, whatever you call it, right? So, so I, I use the fish philosophy. Some people are, there are only four types of people. There's the shark, the urchin, the dolphin, and the whale. Shark likes money. Urchin needs to know all the facts. Dolphin loves to have fun. Whale loves to help people. So if you find out which is the strong point for each person, it's easy to motivate them. Right. So I can say if you're a shark, I can say, look, Casanova, look, if we do X amount of sales this week, there's an additional bonus that's going to be coming to you. So now your focus is the bonus. You're a shark. Right. right? If you're the whale, I'm going to say, hey, I know you want to quit, but just think about all the kids that you're quitting on that need our books. I'm speaking to your desire to what? Help people. Help people. Right. Right. So yeah. it's knowing what each person's on your team's personality is and addressing that. It's the same thing with a customer. You have to know what the customer's personality is and address that. So I think where a lot of people make a mistake in sales is they're excited about what they're selling. And the minute they get a customer in front of them, they just want to tell them all about the product. But the best thing to do is find out about the customer to see what about my product can actually fit a need of the customer. So we may have a, uh, you may have a, so for example, I, I, uh, one of the services I provide is Legal Shield. We do a legal and identity theft protection benefit, right? Okay. So I've been with them for 17 years, right? We have a product that's only $29.95 a month, but it gives you unlimited access to attorneys. So that includes unlimited telephone consultations. We go to court for you if you get a speeding ticket. We do your will, your living will, contract and document review. So I just gave you a whole bunch of stuff and, and there may be only one thing on there that applies to you. If I come to you and just spit out everything that my product does, I may forget the one thing that actually applies to you. It would make more sense for me to ask you, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you think are some of your needs right now? And you may say, well, you know, my business is struggling. I just did a deal the other day and I got burnt on a deal. 
I automatically know, hey, wouldn't it have helped to have access to an attorney to where you could have had them review that contract for you before making a decision? Oh, man, that would have been phenomenal. That's what I have. I don't have to tell you about the traffic representation and the and the identity theft protection because that's not your strong need or concern right now. Right. Your need right now is someone to review my contract. So it's knowing one what your product does, meaning the full list of what your product does. But the main priority is finding out what does my customer need, and then how do the two align? At what point do the two align? I only need to talk about the alignment point. I only need to talk about the full circle. Hey, Dream Builder, if you are anything like me, you know the importance of setting goals and achieving those goals. And anytime you find something interferes with that, ultimately it interferes with your happiness. And if that's you, or if you're in a rut right now, I want to encourage you to check out BetterHelp.com. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling that's done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or even phone sessions, all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Regardless if you're dealing with depression, grief, anxiety, or anything along those lines, there's a licensed professional just waiting on the other side to help you. And of course, I want to help you as well. I want you to start living a happier life today. And because you're a part of the Dream Nation tribe and as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken the charge of bettering their mental health. Now let's get back to it. Right. So much value there. Yeah, that's that's something that in sales, that's sales 101. But you'd be surprised, just like you said, so many people never know that. They've been in sales five, seven years, but you can instantly tell that right when they start talking, they are talking about the features, right, rather than what's going to be beneficial to the person on the other side. And so I, I appreciate you dropping that wisdom. One thing I'm interested to know is you said you've been with this company now 17 years. You were also with, mm -hmm. is it called Publix? Mm -hmm. for 27 years. years 27 years how what is how do they get you to stick around like what is it for you because it's clearly i would say that it's not you're not the shark is it are you the whale so i would say i'm more so the whale. i'm a shark whale is what i say i like making money right yeah but it's not for the fact of making money it's for what you can do with money you can help more people with money Right. right. So I, I give you this example and, and, and I always say this to people in business. Um, for example, when you're on an airplane. Right. And, and it's the same thing. I use this philosophy in leading a team, too. When you're on an airplane and they say there's turbulence and the plane may go down, they tell you these two things are going to a mask is going to drop down and you need to put that oxygen mask on. If you're traveling with your child, what did they tell you to do? Put your mask on. Put first. your mask on. Put yours on first. Here's the mistake most people do. We want to help people so bad. I'm traveling with my child. I love them. The mask falls from the sky, from the roof. And now my concern is to save my child. I reach over and try to put the mask on my child. But my child is looking at me and saying, what's this strange thing that just fell out of the roof? And why are you trying to put it on me? Right. I don't even understand it. It's weird. 
right? You're fighting with the child. You finally get it on. But by the time you get it on them, you're so exhausted, you pass out. The plane crashes. The next step is now we got to take the mask off and go through the emergency exit. But you've already died because you didn't get any oxygen. Your child now has no one to instruct them the next move. Guess what? Your child dies anyway. Where had you simply just put your mask on, the child looks up and says, oh, that's cute. Dad has a mask on. Let me put one on. Right. You can't lead people or ask them to do things that you have not done. So if you're in sales or you plan to lead a team or you want to be a thought leader, your goal is to make sure that you're good at what you do. You know it, you study, you understand it. So that way you can properly communicate it. Right. You have to be an example. You have to be able to display that you're successful or display that I know how to do something before someone's going to say, oh, I'm willing to follow you and do that, too. I love it. That's why personal. That's why personal development is so important. Right. That's why reading, getting yourself in the right rooms. Right. I always say if you're in a room and you're the smartest one in the room, don't stay there too long. Right. (laughs) Right. You need to get out of that room. Les Brown said to me once, he says, Alistair, you are are of no value to me if you haven't read a book that I've read. Hmm. Like if you haven't read a book that I haven't read, you're no value to me because there's nothing new that you can really tell me or teach me because I've already read it. When you come to me, come to me with some new information, something new. I need to be able to learn from you. Right. Yeah. What can you teach me? That's something I, that's what I tell what my son every, si- yeah, every single day. That's something I tell my son and I've got videos and stuff like that I put on social media. But when he gets home from school every day, I said, what do you learn new today? Right. And, and then I had to, after a while, it was kind of, he thought that it was about him, but I'm like, no, it's about me. Right. What can you teach me new today? Right. So I, I love How that. Can you help I, me? How can you help me grow? grow. Yeah. So again, so you, you would then accredit it to, you've always had strong leadership at these two companies is the way that you've been able to stay on board. Cause I would imagine you being in the relationship business, sales, network marketing, you've been recruited by just about everybody who has this new innovative product, but how have they been able to keep you on board at legal shield and, and even Publix, right, for the, lo- the length of time that you were there. So Publix kept me on board because I was blessed with great store managers. I had, like you said, in every, every level of my development, I had a good store manager. When I was a bagger, when I first got hired, it was Craig Berger. And he was very good about making it clear to me what my responsibilities were and why. And let me give you an example. When I was a bagger, they would tell me, go get the carts. It's hot out there. I don't want to go get the carts. <laughs> so if you just tell a bagger, look, why, why go get the carts? They're going to dodge getting the carts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Craig Berger comes to me one day and says, Alistair, look. I notice you don't bring as many carts in as you should when you go outside. He says, here's why I need you to do that. If one of those carts hits a car and damages it, we are now liable for that damage. And we have to pay for that damage. And that damage is probably going to come out of your paycheck. Oh, let me get the carts. <laughs> <laughs> let me grab all these cards. I see that one. Let me go grab that before we take hey, all these. Let me grab that cart real quick because that's where my raise is. Right. I understood the value of my position. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is people don't tell their employees or the people they're working the value of their position. Mm-hmm. When people feel valued, they'll continue to do what is necessary. The minute they don't feel valued is when they what? Look for other opportunities. So the only reason I left Publix is because there was a point where I didn't feel valued. I was being used, in my opinion, and I'll say humbly in my opinion, to clean up stores. They would send me to a store that wasn't doing good. It was doing good. I would get it to to a successful point and then they'd move me to a different one. I wanted to get promoted into the district manager's position and I kept getting passed over. And I didn't like the idea of somebody else controlling my my promotion, my level of promotion. It was actually a blessing in disguise. So that um, that started happening in 2002, 2003. I was I just didn't think I was getting promoted as fast as I wanted to. And in 2003 is when Ron Green approached me about doing Legal Shield. It took me six months to look at the information. But what I did, it made sense. Um, my first year part time, I did about thirty thousand. My second year, I did fifty thousand. My third year, I did over eighty. My fourth year, I did over one hundred and fourteen, which was more than I was making as a store manager with Publix. Mm. And so, by two thousand nine, it was paying me about eight or nine grand a month in residual income. And so that's when I decided to make July fourth, two thousand nine, my Independence Day. That's when I walked away. I, gave, I put my two weeks notice notice in for July fourth. 2009 and that's when I walked away and I hadn't looked back since. So and in 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 Publix's defense, it's a great company to work for. I just happened to be at that time under the wrong person. So I, I, my disenchantment wasn't with the company. My disenchantment was with the leader of me. The person that was responsible for getting me to the next level. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, as, so what, what I, I took that lesson to know that when I went into to Legal Shield, I would never have someone in a position where they felt like I wasn't a good leader. My goal was always to make sure I figured out, one, what, it is, what was their desire, and two, how best can I help that person achieve it? So that's why I always say, go back to what is your why? Tell me why you're joining my team. Why is it you're looking at this opportunity, right? 
well, I, I need to. Uh, I have one young man on my team. He 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 does alcoholic beverage sales, right? He just hit six figures with me on a part time basis. His second year in the business, but I knew what his why was. He found out right two years ago that he was now going to be a father, and he was on the road traveling all the time, right? And wanted to make sure that as his child grew older, he would have time at home. So I know what his why is. So on the days where he doesn't feel like doing something, I says, well. It, how long do you want to be away from your son? Right. Okay. Now he's inspired to remember what his why is to go back to work. Right. So it's knowing what your people's why are, the people that you lead. And I think leaders fail to realize that it's never, ever about you. It's always about the people that you're working with. And if you help them meet their goals, you'll automatically meet yours. Yeah. Facts. So much wisdom there. Let me ask for you, you, you've experienced so much and you've had so much success and it's been through consistency, right? I wouldn't say that anybody would, would make the case that you've been an overnight celebrity because you told your whole story. But if you can look back on it and you could, it, it, I used to always ask the question, if there was anything that you wish that you would have changed and everybody would then come back to me and say, I wouldn't change anything because it made me who I am. And I was like, okay, I respect that. But I know that at the end of the day, we would all change something, right? So I've learned to phrase it in a different way. And the way that I ask it now is if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your goal and your dream to where you are today, what would that one thing be? Reading. Hmm. Personal development. Like what I really did that, 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 that kicked it off that you're like, yo, this was everything for me. Think and go rich, Napoleon Hill. The Slight Classic. Edge, Jeff Olson. Classic. Now, The Time Is Now, John C. Maxwell. Okay. I haven't read that one. I mean, obviously, I know How John to Win Maxwell, Friends and Influence People. Dale. Dale Carnegie. And listen to anything on YouTube by Jim Rohn. I don't care what it is. Goat. You you just play that thing on auto replay twenty. I, I guarantee you. I I, I I promise you. Any one of your listeners right now that decides to listen to Jim Rohn every day for the next thirty days will never be the same. Never, never. You can't. I would. I would definitely a hundred percent agree. You would ten x whatever it is you're doing right now if you did that. And the good news is free. It's on YouTube. He's got I don't know how many different tracks. Yeah. So if you asked, what would I wish I would have done earlier? I wish I would have been plugged into that type of stuff earlier. And it wasn't until you joined in 2003. So 2003, 2004 is when I really started getting on, a, on the journey of personal development. You know, I mean, I had taken management courses and training courses and all that through my, my, my management career with Publix. But it wasn't until I got into the network marketing industry where personal development was like a daily basis thing. It was. Hey, Dream Builder, are your home and auto policies almost up for renewal? If so, and you're looking for a lower rate, I believe I have a solution for you. And it's called Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto rates in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. And the best part is they've saved customers on average $1,250 per year over what they're already paying for home and auto insurance. 
Getting started is super easy. First, just head on over to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and your property, and then Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find you the lowest quote. So head on over to policygenius.com to get started right now. Again, that's policygenius.com, and you can find out when it comes to insurance how they help you get it right. Now let's go ahead and hop back into it. Yeah. And was it just in the beginning that you took, was there a formula that you had that you stayed consistent? Because a lot of people, they can hear Jim Rohn and I'm sure there's going to be hundreds, thousands of people that are like, man, let me go look him up. And I would definitely encourage you if you haven't, I mean, I got the book, The Greatest Jim Rohn on Audible. You can look that up. There's there's everything. I, I would agree. But then what happens is, you know, it's kind of like um, Zig Ziglar said, like motivation you needed daily. Right. Why is because it's just like bathing. Right. You need it daily. But for a lot of people, they forget, like, let's say you go one week, two weeks, but then all of a sudden you fall off with it. For you, everything of what I hear and I see, it's been consistency. Right. You, you stay disciplined. So talk to me about how are you able to stay disciplined through the times that you just don't feel like it. And that's where your community and your coaches are so important. It's who you're associated with, right? Um, who's in your ear, right? So we have, uh, on our team, we have a book of the month. So we know this month we're reading this book and every week we collaborate with it, right? And right now, for example, I'm in a great community with David Shans, the morning meetup, right? Yeah. So every, morning, every morning there are, what, four or 500 of us. And the first 15 minutes, we're reading a book. Like we're going over what we read last night. Right. So we just finished the outliners. We're ending that up right now. And, and um, next book we're going to is limitless, uh, limitedness. Right. So it's 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 having that accountability. So when I first started my network marketing business, one, it was listening to the information, but also having someone, a Ron Green, a Darnell Self, a Mike Humes showing me how to implement what I was listening to, implement what I'm hearing. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, I, yeah. I think what most people do, one of the mistakes people do is they read, but then they don't activate. Right. So you have to take what you've read and you have to now implement it. So it's the implement implementation process that has to be added to what you read. That makes the difference. Love it. I love it. I love it. You got to activate, right? So to ask yourself, say, today, hey, I read one chapter, but out of this one chapter, what can I activate? What can I implement out of this one chapter that could just, let's see if it gets me a little bit of results. Because even if it doesn't, I'm no worse off than where I was before. If I was at ground zero, I'm still at ground zero. But if it helps me to get a little bit of results from what I hear you saying, then at least it's better than nothing. But it's all dependent on who you surround yourself with. Your environment is everything. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, well, I learned that. I tell you what, my my first year selling books, um, one of the requirements was when you talk about environment and why it's so important and where I learned a big lesson is one of the the first thing we were assigned to do is they don't even tell you where you're going to stay. So you have to go find your own place to live. So your first day in the field, you're knocking on doors. Hey, I'm a college student. I'm going to be working here in the summer. And I was wondering if you knew of someone that would rent a room to a college student at a very economical rate as I earn income for college. Nope. Next door. Next door. Until someone said, yes, you can stay here. 
Well, my first summer, I was blessed to stay with a lady that allowed me to stay in a room in the basement of her house, but she was a foster mom. And there were about four other kids or four or five other kids in the house. And she told me, look, in order to stay in this room, there's this one young lady that's here that when you see her, you're going to be taken aback. It's going to be strange for you, he says, but I need you to gather yourself. And the only way you can stay here is if you tell her every day that she's beautiful. She's the youngest one in the house. Okay. I didn't think much of it until I went and got my stuff and I came back to the house and I'm moving in. And she says, I'm bringing the kids down now. And this little girl comes down. She had to be five, Angelique, five years old at the time. Well, this lady is a foster mom and she got this child when she was about two or three. And when she was two, her mom, who was at the time was on crack or, or drug and uh, in, in, on drugs at the time, decided to bathe this little baby in boiling water. So she was burnt from head to toe like you could physically see the burns. So here is this fast forward. She's five now when I meet her and she comes down and I see this disfiguration. But I remember the lady says, hey, I have to say she's beautiful. So I meet everybody. I say, hey, you're so beautiful. Right. But I'm still taken back by what I'm seeing. But her smile lit up the entire room. She was bubbly. She was excited. Like it's like she didn't even know she was burnt. Right. Every evening I would come in and I would read these children's books to her. And every day, the first two days that I read, I was like, oh, man, I'm reading. And the whole time I'm reading, I'm thinking, look at her skin. Look at this. Look at this. Like the, the, the problem is the visual is, is really on me heavy those first two or three days. But guess what happened, uh, Casanova? By the third day, the fourth day, I didn't even see the burns anymore. All I saw was her beauty, right. her energy, her excitement, her I mean, like she walked around the house like she ruled the house. And guess why that was? It's because everybody told her she was beautiful and she believed it. Like what was fed to her every day was so ingrained with her that if someone was to come up to her and tell her right now, hey, you see what's wrong with your face? She's like, no, what's wrong with yours? I'm I'm beautiful. What's <laughs> catch <Right>. up. <laughs> you right. need to catch up. <laughs> Right. Right. So that's that's it really stuck with me at an early age, man. You have to be very careful who you allow around you and what you allow them to say to you. So ever since then, man, I've been the type of person that the minute I sense negativity, I won't say anything. I'll just know that, okay, they're not going to be in my circle or I'm not going to spend a lot of time with them. Like if I'm if I go out on a meeting or I go out on a date and I realize the negativity factors there, I'm already, in the back of my mind. I'm already saying it's the last one. <laughs> Got to protect your energy. Got to protect your space. Yeah, man, there's, there's so much wisdom in that. And just like you said, I mean, the the the. The more that you say something to yourself, it's just like, as we all know, it's just like a lie, right? You tell yourself a lie enough, it becomes the truth, right? But if you tell yourself, it doesn't matter 
what it is, if you tell yourself that enough, it starts to become into embedded into your subconscious. So your subconscious doesn't know what's true or what's false, right? What's a lie and what's the truth. So you have to tell you, you create your own reality is what it really becomes down to, right? Because nobody knows, oh, what's good or what's bad, right? And there's that old ancient tale like that. But it's always about the perspective and the emotion that you attach to that perspective to whatever it is. So, yeah, man, it's just, again, so much wisdom. Um, I want to be the first one to say, if nobody else has told you today, thank you. And I appreciate you, my brother. This has definitely been a phenomenal conversation. Um, we, the last question that I always I, I like to ask people is, you know, everybody's heard your story and they've seen where you came from. And obviously we can all hear the vision and the passion of where you're going to. But um, there's somebody out there that's watching or listening at this and they still have that little voice in their head, that little voice in their head because they don't have the environment um, as of yet says that they're not smart enough. They're not strong enough or maybe they just don't have the resources Tell us, what would you say the one thing that you would say to that person to get them to just take action? Your time is now, right? Whatever happened, there's nothing you can do about it. It's already gone. Yesterday's gone. Whatever, you, whatever happened is gone. There's nothing you can do about it. So stop beating yourself up about it. And I need to let you know, tomorrow is not promised. The only thing you have right now is today. What you're doing right now, right? Um, you know, like John C. Maxwell book, Today Matters. Like today, what it, just all you got to do is figure out what, what, and it doesn't have to be a drastic shift. It's just saying, I'm going to do something I didn't do yesterday that I know was going to make me better tomorrow. Maybe I just need to read that two pages. And then you'll get up to three pages. Then you'll get up to 10 pages a day. And eventually you'll be like, okay, I'm going to read a chapter a day. Right. Or I'm going to listen to something positive today or or, you know, activity is everything. And, and, and I'm, I'm more so about that now than anything else. You know, in May, um, I went for a physical and my doctor told me everything's good. He was like, Alistair, for 52, you're like one of the healthiest people I know. You're Everything's good. All your numbers are good. A week later, I'm working out and I feel this pop in my brain like it just snapped. And I kind of blacked out for a minute and then I didn't think much about it. And then I started to have a massive headache. That's on a Saturday morning. Um, took pain medicine Saturday, took pain medicine Sunday, took pain medicine Monday. I'm doing a call with my trainers, the, my, my team on Tuesday, uh, my, my mentor called to them. And one of them says to me, Mr. Edwards, texts me and sends me a text. She says, Mr. Edwards, with all due respect, would you please do me a favor and go to a doctor? You just don't look like yourself. That was at 1030 in the morning. I had a three o'clock appointment and I was like, uh, I got an appointment. I really, but there's an urgent care on the way. Let me pop in and see what they say. I popped in and the guy took my blood pressure and I told him what happened over the weekend. He says, look, you need to go straight to the hospital. So I go to the hospital. They do the same thing. They automatically say, we're getting your room. They do a CAT scan. And then about 20 minutes later, a neurosurgeon walks into my room and says, Hey, Mr. Edwards, I only have two questions for you. He says, do you have a will? I say, yeah. He says, do you have a medical health care directive? I say, yeah. I say, I work with Legal Shield. That's a service we provide. You know, it's free. It comes with my membership. I was like, I wasn't even thinking what he was really, it didn't really register onto me until his next statement. He says, what I saw on the CAT scan doesn't look good. My surgical team is here. We're getting you prepped right now. We're going to surgery in about 20 minutes. Wow. 
Those 20 minutes, man, I saw my entire life go past me. And it wasn't the fear of death. That's the crazy thing. I wasn't afraid of dying. It was more so what was I supposed to do that I haven't done yet? Right. It was like, damn, I still haven't written a book yet. I didn't do this. I didn't didn't say this to this person. You start thinking about all the stuff you should have, worse off, could have gotten done that you hadn't done yet. Right? So... Luckily for me, um, you know, I came out of surgery. He says, hey, well, Mr. Edwards, you had a busted blood vessel in your brain. You look like you had a couple mini strokes, but you're, you know, you should heal fine. You'll have headaches for a couple months, but you'll be okay. Right. That's how it looks so far right now. And knock on wood, uh, I've been doing okay. But it just let me realize that time is short, man. As long as life is, is really very short and it can end at any time. And. To your listeners, all I want to say is don't don't wait till the emergency moment to do the things that you really want to do. Start now. Start now. Start working on it now. Just just bite a piece off. Of, you don't have to eat the whole elephant, but take a bite. Right. You right. know, start, start chewing on it. Whatever it is you want to do or you want to accomplish or something you have some burning desire, start putting it off and saying, I'll do it next year or I'm going to do it when. Absolutely. Right? Just right. start preparing for it now. Start now. Start ugly. Start incomplete. Start scared. But just start now. Again, All of phenomenal, phenomenal information, wisdom, nuggets. And I appreciate you sharing. We will make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes uh, to your website, to your programs. But for anybody who wants to stay directly connected with you, tell us, where can they find you at? Um, I'm, I'm learning this, this new social media world. <laughs> so on Instagram, it's uh, Alistair.Edwards. So A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R dot E-D-W-A-R-D-S. Um, it's just my name, Alistair Edwards, on Facebook. It's same thing on LinkedIn. Um, my Twitter, which I don't use much, but I'll read whatever you guys send me. It's uh, Alistair E-D-W. So at A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R-E-D-W. Got it. We'll make sure that we put all of those in the show notes. And just as he said, Dream Builder, you got to start. Start now because you have a dream. We all have a dream. And that dream that you have without action and without you getting started It'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. Appreciate it so much, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, my brother. Thank you for coming on. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.